0: All right, now, I don't know if y'all were here a few weeks ago. Preacher preached on Reese's. Y'all remember that? And right there is a Snickers bar. Now, I'm not going to be out preached. He should have made me first. We got any zero bar fans here? Hey, all spiritual people like zero bars. How about payday? Uh, I hope they pay me for speaking. That's what I was wondering. I say why'd you bring those absolutely no reason but the preacher brought candy I thought <laughs> y'all paid attention to him talk about that stupid Reese's sermon <laughs> I got three candy bars named mine you know, sometimes those backfire you know what I mean when you have a, a preacher came up and he had uh, four jars in the first jar he had alcohol in the second jar he had cigarette smoke in The third jar he had chocolate syrup in the fourth jar, had like dirt and soil. So he puts a worm in each jar and starts preaching at the end. He said, I want to show you all something. He said, I want to see if you get the picture I'm trying to give today. He said, the jar of alcohol, the worm is dead. The jar of cigarette smoke, the worm is dead. The jar of chocolate syrup, the worm is dead. But in the soil... Where the worm's supposed to thrive, the worm is alive. Have you learned anything today? A little girl from the back says, I got it, preacher, I got it. He's like, yeah. Go ahead, young lady. She goes, if you smoke, you drink, and you eat chocolate, you're not going to have worms. <laughs> Sometimes they don't always come out the way you want them to go. You know what I'm saying? Are we going to choose? This is our last, last lesson in this uh, in, in these lessons we've had on unstoppable force. Are we going to choose today to be an unstoppable force for God? Had surgery 48 hours ago. So if I sit down here in a minute, it'll be because I had surgery 48 hours ago. I got a big 8-inch uh, cut in my left arm. So I'm going to try to keep that in my pocket. My wife said, if I keep my pocket, I won't do this with it. But this one's so tired from the last service, I'm going to have to use this one a little bit. Acts chapter 25. Now we're going to go through... Uh, 25, 26, 27, 28 today. It will only be about four and a half hours, so strap in, hang on. Uh, I promise I'll try to get done somewhere before four o'clock, so we can eat dinner. Um, Acts chapter 25. We find that Paul comes before Festus and he tells all. And he tells what he is. He finally says, "I need to go to to go see Caesar because he's a Roman." But he says that, then they have to pass him on to a court of Rome, and he knows that, so it's going to help keep him alive. and Paul is an unstoppable force. Have we not seen that in the last two lessons? Just absolutely amazing, the things that that Paul has done. So my question today is, are you an unstoppable force for God? Are you a benefit to God's church that makes you an unstoppable force that changes those that are around you? We get the story here. Paul is with uh, Festus, and he says, I don't want to do. So Festus is having dinner with another king named King Agrippa. And King Agrippa was a ruthless king. He says, bring him over. So Paul the Apostle comes before Craig. Matter of fact, a really cool uh, phrase. He he says, and look at chapter 26 and verse 1. Of Acts chapter 26, verse 1. He says, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. And then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered him for himself. And this is the thing that's pretty cool. Because he's an unstoppable force. He says, I think myself happy, O King Agrippa. This dude can chop his head off. This dude can put him to death immediately. Have him shoot arrows into his heart in a second. He is done. If King Agrippa says you're done, he could be dead, but not Paul. You know, you ever meet somebody who just don't know the whole situation maybe so well or something. They got, uh, you know, they are a few bricks shy of a load, you know, a few pieces of bologna shy of a sandwich. You with me? And uh, they get up there and they don't, but I, that's not Paul. Paul knew exactly what he was doing. If this is the last chance I get to speak and this, a king is the last person I get to speak to, I'm going to tell them what happened to me. You see, he was unstoppable force. He begins to say, I was on the road to Damascus, and I was going down the road to Damascus. It was amazing. A bright light came, and God spoke to me, and my whole life was changed. And Paul goes and gives his whole testimony. What an amazing thing. He tells every single thing that happened to him on that road and what happened after. And this king, as he listens, says one of the most amazing statements a king's ever made. Paul, I am almost persuaded to become a Christian. The king went from, I can kill you, to you've almost persuaded me today to trust Christ as my Savior. You see, that's an unstoppable force, amen? They can't keep him there, so they put him on a boat, and they send him to Rome, but he doesn't go towards Rome like it's supposed to. They go the wrong way, and Paul says, hey, They're like throwing stuff overboard and trying to save him. Oh, there he went. Put that thing back in the pocket. Uh, (laughs) Overboard and trying to save him and go. And he's like, man, what are we going to do? Paul says, head to Rome. I'm supposed to be going to Rome. Correct this thing. eventually they get the thing corrected the waves are bad they change course and they come to uh, a little forward a little opening into a place to get to and they're thinking if we can come through where the two oceans meet and the river goes up here we can get up in here and the boat up in there and be safe and they try to do it but it runs aground and then the back of the boat begins to break off and paul says don't worry nobody's going to die today god told me nobody's going to get hurt we're all going to be fine grab a board grab something they all grab a bunch of stuff float to shore they float to a shore of barbarous people where they kill people and they destroy people. If it can't get any worse for somebody like Paul, it just got worse. Now they're going to kill him and eat him. And they're all there like, what are we going to do? And the barbarous people, for some reason, why? I'll tell you the reason. Because with God, you can be an unstoppable force. Knowing if that's like the pre-warming of dinner. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what the plan was there. Must have been some kind of plan, but they let him sit by the fire and get warmed up. And Paul, being the worker he is, he goes to grab some wood, brings it over the fire, goes to throw it in, and a serpent leaps out and latches onto his arm. Any of you guys got kids that are idiots? You know, I got six boys and one girl. Somebody's bound to turn out to be an idiot, right? So my son William comes up and goes, look, Dad, a snake bit me. Maybe you should pull them off. But it's cool. Son, of a snake stuck in your arm. Yeah, ain't that cool? Take a picture. Do you know if that snake's poisonous or not? No, it's not poisonous. It's a rat snake. See the eggs? And there were three of my eggs. I found him in the chicken pen. Take a picture. Some kids are just out there, you know what I mean? But, so, Paul, there he is. The snake's hanging on his arm. He takes the snake and throws it off, and they begin to swell. I had surgery on a Friday. So if you look, you can't see none of these knuckles. They can see them knuckles. But you can't see none of them knuckles. They're kind of like a baseball or something. I don't know. And, um, but they were looking for him. He's going to swell up. Bible says he didn't swell. So he went from, oh, that guy's a wicked person. He's going to die because a snake jumped out. To Somehow someone translated that. And I don't know where people get sometimes their Bible. But we got churches thinking, you grab a snake and it live. and you, them, them people are idiots. William could go to that church. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. Listen, the whole world can die and go to hell before I'm going to grab a poisonous snake. I can tell you right now. I mean, that's not in the Bible. Jesus didn't send me. He said knock doors. I'm into that one, but grabbing mm (laughs) it. Someone else can do that. But there he is. They look at him. He pulls the snake off, and he doesn't swell up, and he doesn't die. Now they think he's a god. They begin to think he's a God. Somehow, some way, Paul makes it out of this barbarous people. Why? Because he's an unstoppable force for God that must meet the Gentiles where they are and see them come to Christ just like the Jews. He wants all of the people to be saved. So he's got a job to do, and he's not letting anything stop him. If you read on, all the way through 28, he goes on, he gets to Rome, he gets his own place, and eventually he stands before the court when he needs to, but he does what he needs to do. How does he get there? He gets there because he never had a plan to stop. Amen? He never had a plan to stop. So here's my question. Are you an unstoppable force for God? Here's the first part of that. I apologize. I told somebody before we started. I'm in a lot of pain from the first message. So I just took a little bit of oxycodone. And I've told some of y'all a few stories of what I've preached before. This could be a ride. Let's hang on, okay? What happens when the problems come in your life? Are you an unstoppable God for God, or do they stop you? I've got a little sickness. I've had a cold. I just can't come to church with a cold. Okay. Amen? I get migraines. Y'all get migraines? These are the worst lights in the world for migraines. If, if, you, if, you if you're a migraine person, you know. These are horrible. So if you ever i don't know where my sunglasses are but if you ever see me with my sunglasses on in church it's not because i'm cool because i'm way far from cool it's because i got a migraine but i found out something i can sit in church with sunglasses on with a migraine just as good as i can sit in my bed at home with a migraine and not go to church you know why because guess what's probably on the tv it's probably making noise my preacher's making noise i might as well listen to him amen I just don't understand the little things that get us down. and We just can't do what makes us be impossible. Oh, I've got a sickness. Five weeks ago, the doctor tells me and my wife, your affairs in order, there's a good chance you could die. I got blood infection all the way through my body. My hemoglobin was down to 7.1. At 7, they transfuse you. I went in the hospital the day, before, or the day after. I'd have probably been dead, but I went in the right day apparently, and here I am. Y'all stuck with me. <laughs> Blame the preacher. And listen, you don't know what your problem is going to be. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But i got news for you. God's in charge. He's in charge all the time. If you're hurting, God's in charge. If you've lost a family member, God's in charge. If you've got a a heartache, God's in charge. If you've lost your job, God's in charge. Amen. You need to be an unstoppable force because God has this. He has the ability to allow you as a Christian to do what you're supposed to do and not worry about the problems. Your husband left you. Your wife left you. Your husband died. Your wife died. Your mom died. Your dad died. Those are all problems of life, but I got news for you. They do not have to stop you. Amen? They don't have to make it quit. You can choose to keep on going. Are you an unstoppable force? Your friends let you down. I'm not going to church there anymore. Those people are hypocrites. Well, you're gonna fit right in, honey. Amen. Anybody in this room not a hypocrite, raise your hand. That's right. We're all hypocrites. I get the diet soda McDonald's with my ice cream cone. Amen. <laughs> Some of y'all are looking like y'all been sucking on a dill pickle. Amen. <laughs> Here, here's a question. Who wants your God? You're not an unstoppable force. Who wants your God? I just can't. I don't know why my family won't come to church. I don't know why my friends don't want to come to church. Have you ever thought about what your God looks like to them? Get together with your family. You tell them how bad everything is. Oh, I'm having trouble with my sacroiliac. I don't even know what that is. It's probably not even real for all I know. Right? I've got that. What's that thing that goes down your leg? I got the sciatica. Oh, my life's so bad. Oh, right? Well, man, let me get your Jesus because apparently he's awesome. Amen? Why don't we get on the upside for a while? Why don't we get excited about what God's done for us and how he's changed our life and how he's made it where we have something good inside. Woo! I'm on my way to heaven. I get to live in streets of gold in my own mansion. I've got it made. There's 12 manner of fruit. I've got everything that God wants me to have coming to me. Why in the world do I care about how bad it is upon this stupid earth? I ain't got no money. Okay. I don't know if you know it or not, but money don't make you happy. Matter of fact, the most miserable time of my life is when I had a lot of money. I had a lot of businesses. I owned a boat store. Anybody ever owned a boat store before? I owned one called Dream Boats Incorporated St. Charles Missouri even made my own jingle Got jingle I like jingles I wrote my own and sung it on the radio in four-part harmony myself Dream Boats has the boat for the fun Dream Boats has the boat for your son five nine nine five nine one one when you're dreaming boats come to dream boats Dream Boats Incorporated St. Charles Missouri <laughs> I lost three hundred thousand dollars on that stupid boat store should have sold the jingle I'm not going to let the things that are bad get me down. I want people to say, that guy's been with somebody. When he comes out of church on Sunday morning, he's so fired up he can't stand it. Acts chapter 4 and verse 13 says this. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were unlearned, ignorant men. Boy, I fit in right here, right? Amen, that is where I am down to the bone. They marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Can people in your life see today that you've been with Jesus? That's why the church is not unstoppable like it used to be in the New Testament. That's why the church has got so far away from the the things that we should be doing because of the world. Because we want to drive their cars and have their boats and live their lifestyle. And not realize that we've already got it good. We've already got a reason to smile. We've already got a reason to be happy. Woo, I don't have to burn in hell. That's a good one. Amen. Amen. You want to become an unstoppable for God? You got to be like, look like somebody where someone looks at your God and says, "I am almost persuaded to be a Christian just because of your testimony." If you're not an unstoppable force for God, what are you going to do about it? When the problems come and the struggles come, what are you going to do? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30 says this: "Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest." Now, oh, that sounds good. They made me this chair yesterday. Got my big $8 in it. I don't know how much spray can it is. I stole that from my wife's craft closet. You ever have a craft closet? My wife's got a craft closet. This is the size of our house in this room. This half is her craft closet. And um, we made this chair so I can sit down today. <clears throat> I like it because I can rest for a minute and take a break. Do you like a break every once in a while? Just, right? I'm a cruiser. I like to break. I take a cruise. That's not what he means here. What he's saying is you take this stuff that you're worried about, all the burdens that are laying you down, your bills, your job, your your, uh, debt that you've got in, the problems you've had. You cast them all on Jesus. Say, God, I'm going to let you handle those, and here's what I'm going to do. Take my yoke upon you. That's a little bit different right there. He didn't say quit and sit down. He says do a job that you need to be doing for God. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, here's what you want to do. You want to carry all your burden. God wants to carry your burdens. He don't want you to do it. You don't need to do it no more. Let that go. That heartache from somebody that hurt you, let that go. That struggle from the lifestyle and things that you've chosen, and I don't know about y'all, but I, I know how to get in debt. Amen? There's one time I had my wife $7.8 million in debt. Did you like that? Did she want to leave me? Oh, yeah. But the debt went with her, half of it. She's like, well, what can I do now? Listen, debt, debt is struggling. If you've got, what's that thing you get on your, you got gout, gout in your foot. You can't hardly walk well. Okay, don't walk well. But you don't, you don't got to stop praising Jesus because you got gout in your foot. You don't got to stop praising Jesus and be excited because you got a little bit debt and you messed up. What you got to do is lay all that on Jesus and say, okay, God, that's your job. I'm going to take your yoke upon me. Give me a Sunday school class. Give me some kids to reach. Amen. I don't know about you. I hate this microphone. It drives me nuts. It tickles me. I'm very ticklish. And every once in a while, I preached a revival over here at church not too long ago, about three or four weeks ago. And there'd be sometimes I'd just be jumping. I'm like, I'm sorry, but whatever that wire does in the middle of my back is just getting me. Are you ready? Listen. Are you ready to be a part of an unstoppable church? I don't know if you've noticed, but things are happening here. We got some things that we have over in our building over there that a couple of churches that are closing down gave us. Did you hear me? I said. Did you hear what I said? Right here in Puda that are closing down that gave us closing down. You look like you're closing down around here. We've had to go to two service. And early service was looking good this morning. This church is on fire for God. But what are you gonna do about it? What are you? What's your? What's your job? What, what are you, I don't know if you know it or not, but God might not have got you to come here and get saved so that you could look so pretty and smile so nice. I know I'm not pretty. I'm an ugly old fat dude. I got that down. Now, today I look good because I got a purple shirt on. <laughs> Had several people come in today and say, you look good in a purple shirt. Amen. I look good. Mike walked by and said, You look good in purple shirt. I said, Yeah, fat people look good in purple and black. He goes, I wear black myself. I'm thinking, You're half my size. You don't need no black shirt. <laughs> I need two black shirts, one for each arm. Um, but listen, God don't want you here just to look pretty. Amen. When you get saved, you trust Christ as your Savior, God has a purpose for you. And why you're unhappy and why you struggle and why you're sad is because you're doing all of your own thing and you got to handle your own problems. That's not his plan. His plan is you give your problems to me and you take my yoke, which is easy, and do your job. <clears throat> what is your job? What's your job here? When's the last time you brought a friend to church? We're not a babysitter here. It's not an old folks' home. I have a church I go to out by me. Every time I go there, I go, "Well, I know where everybody's going." You know like old folks' home as you get older. Like, 10 more years, this won't be a church. <laughs> Except for the song leader. He's the only one young enough to survive. all the rest of them will be dead in 10 more years. That's not what God has tended. Amen, we're an ER. We bring people in profusely bleeding with sin and we fix them up and patch them up and give them Jesus and transform their life to be healed and whole. What's your job? You say, well I ain't got a job, then pick one. Get a job. You say, well, what did I do? There's probably trash on the parking lot this morning. Couldn't you have got here thirty minutes early and make sure the parking lot was beautiful? There's four or five bathrooms in this building. Couldn't you Go in and make sure the bathroom's clean. Take a little toilet paper. Get a little water or paper towel from the other room. Clean up the seat a little bit. Clean the things around. Make our bathrooms look nice. Yes, you could. Could you check the auditorium after the first service make sure there's no paper left in the chairs and everything looks pretty? Yes, you could. Just make your own job and just keep working until God gives you something because he will. He will, but God needs you. This church can't be an unstoppable force without people. Did you see the very start of the thing? It was few people, and then they multiplied as more people, and then multiplied as more people. That's what's an unstoppable force. When we get moving all in one direction together, and we get caught up and we do our job. Old lady in my dad's church named Mrs. Hasty. <clears throat> she comes to church every Sunday morning when we have altar call. And by the way, I don't know if you all know, but at the end they play music. And there's an altar here for you to come and get in touch with God. Now, you can do it right where you sit. You don't got to come to an altar, and I know that. But there's sometimes that your, your, your mind, your heart needs to come and get before God and say, God, fix me. And this is a good place to start. Our church, our pastor has an altar call week after week. If you want to come, you don't have to. You can do it right there. But I think it's sometimes important to go and get another brother and say, dude, I need some help. Hey, will you go pray with me? Hey, I want to change my life, I want to make a difference. She came every week. So I asked her one day, I was 12, 13 years old, I said, why do you come every Sunday and kneel at the altar and pray? She goes, Gary, I got a bunch of boys, that are not saved. I got some girls, they're not saved. They don't come to church. My husband's not saved, he don't come to church. I'm praying that they get saved. In my dad's church has been a deacon named Larry Hasty. In my dad's church has been a deacon named Wayne Hasty. In my dad's church has been a man that ran a bus route named Hasty because her husband got saved, all her kids got saved and baptized, and every one of her children before she died got saved and turned to Jesus Christ. When's the last time you cared about somebody enough for that? Oh, you say you love Jesus, and you love your family, and you love your friends, but are you trying and begging God to change them, or are you just floating along hoping someday something happens? Make it your job. How about this? We become an ambassador. We just become an ambassador for God. My job is now, I'm going to be an ambassador of one. When people walk on that door on Sunday morning, they're going to feel happy. I'm going to walk around the auditorium. Listen, you come to service like this, you start meeting everybody you can. Get to know the name and do it again and do it again. I don't know your name. What's your name? I don't know your name. What's your name? I don't know your name. What's your name? Until you learn your name. And then you know who's coming. Then you start looking for the guest, right? Because you know now with the new people. We start reaching them. And all of a sudden, there's so many people, we can't do it. We need another ambassador. So you go someone else and say, look, I'm ambassador number one, but we're going to need an ambassador number two. Let's just get busy. Everybody wants somebody to give them something to do, and there's plenty to do to serve God. Just come love people, amen? Get here a little early, stay a little late. Let's fellowship, make something that God wants to be seeing going on, a fire that started. Every day for the rinkin. about four days going into the rink, there's a fire going, and we never have went and saw it yet, but my wife and I keep talking, well, what about the fire? Is? Well, no, we see that fire. Eventually, we're going to drive over there. Why? People like to go see what's burning. How about Pooler Bible Church becomes what's burning? An unstoppable force for God. Or maybe, maybe you're the hindrance to the unstoppable force. Maybe you're a hindrance to the unstoppable church. Maybe you're the one that's keeping us from where we should go. What does the Bible say? What does God say about lukewarm Christians? I want to vomit you out of my mouth. That's Jesus speaking, by the way. Look it up yourself in the book of Revelation chapter 3. He says, I, you make me want to vomit. Lukewarm Christian. He wants somebody on fire. Gossip. A no place for gossip in a church. Everybody's got to talk about what somebody wears or how somebody dresses or what they do, where they go, amen? I just want to let people be people. I mean this with all my heart. I believe that this church ought to have gay people and lesbian people and drunks and thieves and murderers in every seat that we can get them in today. Because outside those walls ain't nothing going to change them but Jesus. And I'm talking about every sin. I'm talking about liars and children with no respect and everything the Bible says that is wrong for us to do. Don't pick, everybody wants to pick some little bitty sin. Shut up. Everybody's got sin. You, You sped on the way to church this morning? You were disrespectful to your mom and dad. You're not being truthful with your family. Yelling at your kids. Anybody guilty yet? I can keep going all day long. I can come up with some. We're, we're sinners saved by grace. Amen? we got to quit judging everybody by the way they come in and what they do. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says this. These are six things that the Lord ye hate, a seven are abomination unto them proud look, lying tongue, hands shed innocent blood, a heart devised with wicked imagination, feet that are are, uh, running to mischief, a false witness. You know what most of those are? Did you hear them? One that speaketh lies, he that soweth discord among the brethren. Most of those are about gossip. Why? God knew we'd be Baptistic in doctrine and start judging everybody and gossip about, I don't like the way they wear their hair. Amen? I preached on wearing hair at my church once. A lady came in and said, Brother Gary, she said, I just want to tell you, we were at a river. We had a river by our church, and people were coming with swimsuits on because I'd ride jet skis with James, my oldest boy. We'd ride jet skis on the river, and we'd pass out flyers and invite people to church on Sunday morning. They're camping, and they need a place to go to church, right? So I, they said, well, we ain't got no clothes for church. They said, come out of yards. So they did. They come back then. It's called halter tops. I don't know if those still exist, but they had halter tops. They come to my church with halter tops. One of the ladies walked out and said, rather Gary, I wish you'd just preach on what people should wear to church. Boy, I did that night. I let them have it. You women putting your hair up like Marge Simpson ought to be. God might need to be saved again. You've gotten so far from God. There she stood with her hair up like Marge Simpson. You're wearing pearls around your neck. The Bible in the New Testament specifically lists that you shouldn't be wearing pearls. She looked down. She had a little pearl necklace. I do, I think. She had two. Bible says don't wear all your gold and costly array. She had like a ring on every finger. He's come out the bench. I said, this is not what I came for. I said, babe, we don't have menu here. I just deliver and slather it out and you take it. Amen? I'm tired of the gossip. How about this? You are the Mikey of the church. Anybody remember Mikey? Hey, let's get that to Mikey. Yeah, he hates everything. You sit there with your sour pickle look on your face. I don't like nothing around this church. That's not good. That's not good. Good night. Why don't you smile every once in a while? Let somebody know you're alive. Amen? We call them right now, the EMTs, and they come in here to get somebody that had a heart attack, they might carry out two or three people for to get the right guy, because y'all got that look on your face. <laughs> get it all. Let's get happy about Jesus again, amen? amen? Not a cold Christian. Maybe you're not a giver. You know what I feel like? If you don't contribute to the family, you don't say what the family does. You got kids. Hey, Dad, let's stop at Parker's and get a soda. How much money you got? Well, I ain't got no money. Maybe you shouldn't come up with the ideas to go to Parker's and get a soda then. Punk? Stop and get me a soda. I made a dollar. I got a dollar. I got a dollar. I got a dollar. Hey, 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 hey. You're not a mouthpiece. Are you a mouthpiece for this church? Do the people you work with even know you go to church or where you go to church? If we're going to be an unstoppable force, we've got to get us all going. Amen? We've got, to get us, we've got to get us moving forward and doing what we need to be. Listen, that was a good example of a mouthpiece. Keep that baby in here. Amen? You're not bothering me, hon. am got to preach that kid all day long. I, I, it's time we become involved in our church and tell people that Jesus is changing lives in here and we've got to go get him. I tell you, I I got it. Maybe you're not a worker bee. I like worker bees of a church. We're going to have a work day. I'll show up. We're going to have a cleaning day. I'll show up. We're going to have a visit day. I'll be here. We're going to have an activity. I'm on. We're going to play games. I'm doing it. Amen? We've got to get back to fellowship. This world is stealing. Listen to me. This world is stealing good Christians and ripping them out of good churches. We've got to get in love with each other again. Give of your time. Give of your talents. How do we then, finally, how do we become the unstoppable church? I'm going to give you one word. You ready? Me. Gary has got to go get in the mirror and say, am I happy with who Gary is as a Christian? So let's put a big mirror up on the stage this morning. Unless you look into it and say, are you happy with you before your God? As an unstoppable force. It's time that somebody decides what we're going to do. Who is it that you need to reach? A lady prayed for her whole family and all of them got saved. You got a mom and dad that's not saved? I'd be begging God every day. You got a son or a daughter that's not saved, not with God? I'd be begging God every day. You've got a family member who's lost and on their way to hell. I'd be, I'd be praying that God would change them every day. The Bible says, The affectionate fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What are you doing about it? We've got to start loving people. They're dying and going to hell, folks. Pooler's full of people who just need somebody to love them. Is that going to be you? Are you going to decide I'm going to put my sickness aside? I'm going to to put my hurt aside. I'm going to put my heartache aside. I'm going to put my finances aside. That's God's job. I'm going to take up his yoke and do his work and be an unstoppable force for God. It's time somebody becomes a Joseph, hated by his brothers, cast aside, sold into slavery, only becomes second command of the king. And save his whole family from starvation. Somebody needs to become a Moses, standing at the water's edge, spreading his hands so that the water would part. They'd walk across on dry ground, only then to swell up and destroy and take out the whole armies that were fighting against God's people as they cleared the. The Dead Sea and the waters came back together and destroyed the armies of God. Somebody's got to do be a Job who can up, overcome all adversity and say, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him, and then become once again the wealthiest witness for God of all time. Somebody's got to become a David and reach down at a brook and pick up a soft, smooth stone and let it sw- sling out into the head of the giant Goliath. Someone's got to be the Daniel that can go in the lion's den and lay down on the lions and not be crushed and destroyed and the world be changed because of what they saw inside the lion's den. Someone's got to be a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that's going to be able to go and withstand the fires and be walking around with one which looks like the son of God. Someone has to be a Paul and stand before King Agrippa and say, oh, today I'm happy, O king. I'm going to share my testimony with you and tell you about Jesus. Though somebody in Pooler, somebody in Guyton. somebody in Rinkin, somebody in Richmond Hill, somebody in Garden City will say, "Oh, today thou persuadest me to be a Christian." They need Jesus. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to decide today? I, I am going to be a part of an unstoppable force. God use me. Not the person over there, not the person down the road, not the younger person in the room. God use me where I am with what I have and the abilities and the talents that I have. And if there are none, God still use me. who are you going to be? Who are you going to reach? And what are you going to do? It's the me factor. Where are you going to be getting into the unstoppable church at Poodle Bible Church? How do we become the unstoppable church? At this moment, you got to look in yourself and say it's got to start with me. I'd like every head bowed. I I, I wish we could take just a moment that it can be me and you in this room. For just a moment, will you let it just be me and you? Nobody else? Can I speak to you and say, where are you between you and your God and doing your job as making Pooler Bible Church an unstoppable church? In the music? In the teens? In the children's class? In the nursery? In the cleaning? In the sound room? Where are you today? to be a part of an unstoppable church. In just a moment, musicians are going to come. They're going to play an invitation, an old-time invitation song, Blessed Assurance. I'm going to give opportunity for you to say to God today, God, oh God, let me be a part of an unstoppable church. If you've got some of the things we said today, negativity or heart, or, or family problems or struggles, won't you come to the altar today and throw them on the altar and say, God, here you go. I'm casting them to you. You take care of my problems. I'm going to be a new me tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to be the person that's going to fight to make Pooler Bible Church an unstoppable force that souls can be changed, people can be on their way to heaven, and families can be reached in my county, in my area, and those around me. I am going to start with with me. Oh, don't wait. And don't let Satan win today. Let's decide as a church that we are going to be an unstoppable force. Father, we thank you for our time together this morning. Holy Spirit, I beg you to meet with us right now. Oh, would you come? Would you bring back an old-time Bible church that Paul had that he started in City after city after city that became an unstoppable force. Thousands, thousands were reached day after day. God, I believe you have supplied a pastor for this church that is one of the strongest men that could lead and, and reach this community for you. God, thank you for our pastor. Holy Spirit, bless him as he's with his family today. But God, I beg you it is to empower him as he leads our church. God, I pray that you would help every man sitting and every woman sitting in this crowd today would say, let it be me. Let me be the one that's a part of an unstoppable church. Holy Spirit, work now. Don't hold us back. Help us to come and just say, God, I want you to use me and start with me and I'll be the first me, I'll be the second me. And one after another, we would decide today that we're going to become an unstoppable church for you. Trust you, Holy Spirit, to do your job today in my life. Oh, God, let it start with Gary. Change me. Make me healthier. Make me stronger that I can work for you. Oh, God, help us be what we need to be today as an unstoppable force. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.